Hi, and welcome to the RV Small Talk Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about reimagining life as a full-time RVer. It takes some forethought. It takes some planning. So we're going to talk to Bob and Pearl Cadell from the YouTube channel Next Exit. They're going to break down how to prepare for going for full-time. This kind of info is also great for those who don't actually want a full-time, but do want a long-term and extended trip being. <laughs> this info is also good for those who don't want a full time, but just take maybe extended trips. Also, we have our first Google Voice question, Woo-hoo! so we'll share it and we'll share our thoughts about it. This episode sponsor is Intech RV. Why? Because we love Intech <laughs> RV. Why do we love Intech RV? The fact is, they make extreme high quality trailers that start from the ground up with a welded all welded aluminum cage frame do you know what i love about intech rv i don't know tell me i (laughs) i love the whole line that they have because it's so diverse okay we're talking the flyer line you have like small square drop simplistic you have toy haulers like the discover the explore and then you have like the sleek sexy look of the soul line the Terra line i mean there's really something for everybody and the fit and finish is gorgeous like clint said it's high quality we just love the people over at intech rv so do check out intech rv at intechrv.com that's intechrv.com and you can also see if we have any available here at princess craft at princesscraft.com Again, welcome to the RV Small Talk podcast, where we talk about lightweight trailers, truck campers, and the people and places that go along with them. We are your hosts from Princess Craft RV. I'm Lindsay. I'm PJ. And I'm Clint. And I want to remind you that you can send questions and comments via email using the email address questions at rvsmalltalk.com. That is super simple. Questions at rvsmalltalk.com. Or you can call and leave us a voice message at 512-843-1311. Let's dive in. All right, so the two of you put in some miles and some time last week in your respective trailers. You didn't exactly go the same place. You kind of met up at the end there, I think. (laughs) So a quick recap for both of you, PJ and Lindsay. Where did you go? What did you do? What are your takeaways? Yours is way more interesting, so I'm going to go first. I went, I mean, not interesting. Okay, what I did was interesting, but yours was like a whole journey. Um, I just took my trailer to Fredericksburg, which is not very far away. And I actually attended a Mandy Lee photo workshop. Mm. So very exciting, very fun. Um, I think the best part about my trip, honestly, was that I it was the first time camping in my trailer without kids. Uh. Y'all, that's really fun. (laughs) (laughs) No kids, no pets. Have y'all tried it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like, it was a whole different experience. Uh, It was a much more relaxing trip, obviously. Yes. But yeah, it was just really fun to just kind of go out for a weekend and, and do nothing. Yeah. But PJ's trip was a lot more interesting. So go. Oh, do tell. Yes, and amazingly enough, it was my first trip without kids as well. 
Wow. Yeah. So, that's true. <laughs> How was so, it? <laughs> so we, it was amazing, but not because of that. Uh, it was the first time that Richard and I really just by ourselves took off. And we went to Big Bend for five days. Mm-hmm. And Big Bend is kind of the no man's land of Texas. And it was it was just lovely. It was kind of wild. uh being there because we stayed at Studi Butte RV Park, which, you know, has a very eclectic group. Our space that we pulled into was literally, I think our tires were touching the edges of the space on both sides. Now, we have a terrace, so it doesn't have a slide out. Mm-hmm. And they asked us, I said, Richard, what did they ask you? He said they just asked us if we had a slide out. So they put us in this teeny tiny spot. Wow. Yeah. But, Does that make you feel like a VIP or what? Well, it uh, it was it was perfectly fine because we were there to go out and do things right. and have fun. That was just your base camp yes. to go do things. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there was a nice dirt pile in the back that we could stand on top of that kind of was built around the cistern so you could look out <laughs> over the landscape. And Sell betwe- it, PJ. Between that and our, camp- <laughs> and our campground was the graveyard. Um so, I mean, you know, it's West Texas, kind of South Texas, right. Big Bend. So it was it was just interesting. Would you Big say Bend it's the gorgeous. kind of Texas, the, the romantic Texas that people picture from old Western movies? It's a bit desert, but there's real cool land features all throughout and river features and things like that all through Big Bend. Well, you know, when I go to Big Bend, it feels like I'm in an episode of what is that? That series that was Gunsmoke. No. What am I trying? That is my son's favorite show. Gunsmoke? Yeah. He watches it with Papa. The Lone Ranger. That one? No. Gunsmoke. The Waltons? Oh. oh, I'm guessing what it reminds you of. I... I, No. Lone... Uh, Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. Yes. Yes. I have to watch that again now. Name all the Westerns. (laughs) We'll get there. But it was absolutely perfect weather. We did amazing hikes. And uh, it was just, it's just amazing every day there because you really are away from everything. And the only downside was that the flowers are blooming right now. Everything was put off by a week or 10 days because of the, because of the snow, mm-hmm. yeah. because it did snow in Big Bend, which right. is crazy. It snowed a lot in Big crazy. Bend. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but that was really fun. And then on the way back, we stopped for the weekend and met up with Lindsay and Mandy and camped there for a couple of nights and came home. Just amazing. I'm ready to go again. Very cool. I've been One back day, four days and I'm done. I know. Me too. I know. <laughs> One day I'm going to go camping with no kids and without my parents. Well, it will happen. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Goals. You got to camp a little bit without us. <laughs> but... And we didn't really see you much, but we were in the same campground. It's true. And while we're talking, I have to give a shout out to Chuck and Carol, who in all of Big Bend, which is huge, they have a Luna and they ended up camping literally right next to me in these tiny spaces. So much so the, fun. The biggest in tech next to the little littlest in tech in, in this random RV park. That's yes. actually really, really cool. What it are their names? So fun. Carol and Bob. Uh, no, 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 no. I got it. Carol and Chuck. Carol and Chuck. 
Yes. Hey, Carol and their and friends and their friends were next to them and they're looking at an RV. So um, it was just so much fun to visit with them. And yeah. so I'll post some pictures on the show notes. Very good. Very good. Okay. I'm going to uh, play this first question that we got, this first Google voice question. We have a voicemail. Yes. We need so. like a voicemail theme song like Blue's Clues. Okay. We'll work on that. Okay. <laughs> you get on it, Lindsay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Voicemail. So I'm going to play it back. Hi, Lindsay, Plant, and PJ. This is Neil from Illinois, period. What do you think is the best 2,500 pound dry weight trailer to pull with an SUV. Thanks a bunch. Love your show. Hey, Neil. All right. that That's actually a really hard question to answer. No, but it is a hard question, but it's a really common one. Yes, we get it almost every day. Uh-huh. What's the best one for this? And it's, yeah, it's hard to answer because there's a lot of really great trailers that are 2,500 pounds. So... And you got to drill it down so much. Like, how do you for, how do you envision your camping? Right. What type of camping are it's, you going to do? It's all right. different kinds yeah. of camping. Yeah. What kind right. of amenities do you want? Because for me, I can easily say I've in that weight class. I really enjoyed having the uh, Intech Explorer. It's that mm-hmm. weight class, but it doesn't have a bathroom. It doesn't even have a sink. It has a pull-out kitchen, which is just a stove and a, and a refrigerator. But the inside is... A blank slate to do whatever you want. And yes. that's why it's super appealing. Yeah. and For you. For right. me. So mm-hmm. that one works for me because of the type of camping I envision myself doing with my family. I'm going to go kind of the opposite. Uh, the R-Pod 171. Because oh, it, that's a classic with us. I mean, that just fits a lot of people's... Right. It's kind of what you think of when you think of just like a a weekender travel trailer with Mm -hmm. a small family. You know, it has all the things in it. Right. Uh, The dinette, the kitchen, a little wet bath. It's just it's little, but it's light enough. I'm going with the R-Pod 171. What's your pick, PJ? Well, you know, I think those are both good picks. If I was going to pick something that was even more. Uh, more of a diversion from that. I would go with an A-liner, probably an Expedition uh, or an LXE. Because yeah. if we're that's a good pick. If we're putting a good line on twenty five hundred or less, mm-hmm. there is so many that are twenty five hundred to three thousand. Yeah. But if you have a three thousand pound towing capacity, you need to stay down below that twenty five hundred mark. So I think that was the question, right? And and the cool thing is, you can get so many features in those, but. If you're towing with an SUV, you're not just worried about weight. You're worried about the way it pulls. Right. But an A-liner folds down so low, it pretty much tucks in behind your tow vehicle, that Mm -hmm. crosswinds aren't that much of an issue. It doesn't cause much drag. So it's not just the weight. It's the way it pulls through the air. Right. And A-liners actually do really well. The, and they fit in your garage. Mm-hmm. And you can have in the expedition, you can have a dinette and a, a sofa that turns into a bed yep. and a bathroom, a toilet and a shower. Right. Nice kitchen, fits in your garage, weighs between 22 and 2,500 pounds, yeah. depending on how it's outfitted. You can get the off-road package. Just, I, I think that is something worth mentioning, even if you don't like 
pop-ups because it's in the pop-up category, but it's hard-sided. So it does not feel at all like those canvas pop-ups you're used to. So that would be the third one I would put in that category. Now, there's lots of other trailers out there in this category. And we can speak to things better that we actually carry here. We see them all the time. But I think those three cover kind of the categories of what's available Mm -hmm. if you really want to stay at 2,500 or under. Now, if you go to 26, 27, 28, 29, more options. Right. But they're going to be in those three kind of genres. Sure. So those are our three picks. If you want a strict $2,500, $2,500. If you want a strict 2,500 pound trailer or less those are our three picks thank you for calling in neil that's so cool if you'd like to ask us a question or leave us a comment you can call our google voice number at 512-843-1311 you never know we may select your message to be used in an upcoming episode on the podcast the number again is 512-843-1311 Next up, we're going to have Bob and Pearl Cadell from the YouTube channel Next Exit. They've traveled full time for about, I don't know, three years or so before COVID-19 pandemic altered their plans, but they're still on the road for extended duration trips. They dove right into the deep end with their RV when they retired, and they have some insight on what needs to be thought through before you take on long term or full time RVing as a lifestyle. So. Welcome to the show, Bob and Pearl. Thank you. Good to be here. Hey, thanks, folks. Thanks for having us on. And that's a wrap. No, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Bob and Pearl, let's start with a little bit of your background, uh, who you are, and, you know, how you came to the RV, living in your RV lifestyle. Well, our background is we worked in the casino industry for over 40 years, and that's basically where we met. Casinos. And oh my goodness! So, so what does that mean? Working in the casino industry that can cover a lot. Yeah, of Bob. Stuff. Bob, were you in in the shows? Were you a showgirl? <laughs> How do you like feathers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you caught me off guard. I know. He slowed you down right off the bat. Yeah. Well, the casinos that we did mostly, we worked for a management, casino management company, and they did casinos inside truck stops. Oh, was wow. the root of what they did. And so we were around trucks, you know, commercial trucks and RVs and stuff a lot. And uh, Pearl worked in the pit. She was a dealer and then a pit boss, the casino manager. And so just all areas of casino operation. I bet you guys have some really well, awesome I- stories from the casinos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too much to get to on a podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not oh, 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 oh just one. I got to hear just one. One amazing, crazy story from Truck Stop Casinos. We had a, a, a country singer. I'll think of his name in a minute. Remember, he was on the 21 Vince, table. Yeah. Vince Gill was playing at a 21 table. And my brother and sister-in-law, we were up in surveillance watching something else. They worked in the casino business, too. And we were just... I think for some reason I had to stop up and surveillance, but we, somebody recognized him, him and two of his band members. And so we went down and had the 21 dealer stop the game. And I dealt and let the uh, Pearl and my brother and my sister-in-law all stand beside him. And he's sitting there and he got kind of mad because he, he didn't want people to know it was him. And we took pictures. <laughs> and then we just left. He wasn't happy, huh? So that was kind of, 
kind of a crazy one. That is oh. fun. So, uh, so where did y'all camp last night? Uh, at Yosemite. We we're right Ooh. there. We're not inside the park. We're a couple of miles outside the gate at a Thousand Trails campground. Okay, fun. We like a thousand trails. They uh, they do good beautiful. stuff. It's beautiful. We got great weather, sun shining, everything's perfect. Good, good. Y'all arrived there yesterday evening, is that right? We got there what time, sweetie? Yesterday afternoon. Yeah, one o'clock or one, something. Between one and two. So how long are you gonna stay there? We'll be at Yosemite for one week and then we're going up to Lake Tahoe for about a month. Oh, that just sounds beautiful. I know. A great spring. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Some wow. friends are coming from Florida, and then another couple coming from Tennessee. We're all meeting in uh, South Dakota, at Custer, South Dakota, and we're going to spend the summer caravanning, meeting a couple of other people, too, but in Montana, Wyoming, and South Dakota. So we're just a, an exciting year for us. I can imagine. That sounds fabulous. You got a lot to make up yeah. for from last year, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, I don't think you're alone either. I think lots of people are thinking they need to kind of make up for some lost time. Hopefully everybody, this whole thing is smoothing out with this COVID stuff. We're meeting a lot of people that say they've got all their shots and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And people seem to be getting more relaxed. Good. That's good. You know, we've all waited a long time for this. I hope it keeps moving in the right direction. So how did you transition from uh, casinos and then you just retired and you just decided you wanted to live on the road? I mean, that's a pretty big decision. How did y'all get there? We had a big home in Las Vegas and no kids and just Pearl and I. Mm-hmm. And we knew we wanted to sell that home and get something that we could afford in retirement. So we're traveling around in Arizona and different places in Nevada looking for where we wanted to move, but nothing really fit. We'd look at houses and we could, you know, we'd find ones we could afford, but was afraid we'd buy somewhere that a year down the road, we were all alone, far away from everybody and not be happy. So, and then we started talking about maybe because my parents went, they would RV and they'd go to South Texas for the winters and spend the winter there. And we had bought their old RV. It was a big 40-foot converted Greyhound bus that was their dream that they they RV'd forever. And they bought this Greyhound bus, converted it, and lived in it in the winter. We thought maybe we could do that RV and wow. just sell the house, travel around and see where we picked the perfect place, which we never found. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never got there, never arrived. Yeah, we couldn't find the perfect place for a home, and it was such a big investment for us that we just chickened out. And then we did the RV, and my goodness, it it has made our life so amazing. It has just been wonderful. Oh, so this is a backwards story. So you didn't, like, decide to RV. You were too chicken. Most people are too chicken to be full-time RVers, but you were too chicken to buy a home? <laughs> we were too chicken. We didn't. Las Vegas, and we didn't want to necessarily move back to Reno, which is where we had we've got kids and family there because of the winters. We wanted somewhere warm, so we thought about Florida, and we thought about going back to Texas. We thought about Arizona to buy a house, maybe live on a lake somewhere. Uh-huh. But it was such a big. We literally, and we couldn't agree necessarily on where to move. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's true. Like a house is such a commitment because you have to live in that spot. Um, I guess moving into an RV is scary for a lot of people, but makes sense if you don't want to stay somewhere. 
weather or where your family is or, you know. Especially if you spend so much time in the truck stop watching everybody come and go. I mean. That is, that's, to me, was such a vision when I would see an RV pull in. And usually it was the gas pumps. When they're getting gas and they're cleaning their windshield and you see their license plates, they're from Connecticut or Florida or Kentucky. And you wonder, I wonder where they come from, where they're going. That'd be so much fun. And I just had to go back to my office. Uh-huh. And that seems so boring. It was always, a, I'd see that and I'd think, wow, I wonder where they're going. And it just sounds romantic. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So you uh, you kind of, I don't know, backwards did it, chickened out of, of commitment with the house. Um, Pearl, amazing. You've held on to him for, for how many years? 38 years. Nice and counting. Very good. So, so, <laughs> so that's commitment. You couldn't commit to a house. So, so, but at least y'all have commitment there. So, if somebody, a couple, or even a family wants to start long term or full time RVing, what would you say they need to think through before they hit the road? Uh, what are the basic things they need to consider? Finances is always on the top of everybody's list, and we. For us, we do. I don't know if y'all are real familiar with Thousand Trails. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that? Uh, well, that, we didn't know anything about that. We had heard about people that would RV and they uh, boondock and camping out and stuff. And we knew that'd be kind of inexpensive, but we didn't really want to do that. So we thought we'd just have to stay in campgrounds. And all the research we did, it looked like it would to rent a campground every night. We just didn't know anything about this full timing. Mm-hmm. And we thought it was going to cost about 75000 bucks a year. Mm. And so we worked longer than we wanted to just because it seemed like it would cost so much. But then we found out about Thousand Trails, and then we've learned more about bulldocking. And I guess where I'm headed with answering your question is one of the main things I think you need to figure out is what kind of camping are you going to do? Are you going to go to KOAs and stuff all the time? Uh, a lot of people, that's the hot spot topic now is boondocking it seems like mm-hmm. and uh and then the south and trails is a to us seems like the perfect solution if finances is a factor which for us finances is a big factor and so it's finding out what kind of camping you're going to do thousand trails koa kind of things state national parks or boondocking and then w- what that's going to kind of dictate your budget so what do you estimate that you're paying now, Bob? What do you estimate that it's costing you now? We put out, and we don't even estimate, we put out a month, and we quit doing it for the last four months because we've been living in our house. But for the last three years, every month we posted, a, a lot of my stuff in working was budgets and, and department, you know, projections and all this stuff. And so I made a spreadsheet for us, and it has every penny that we spend, period, for the last month, the average for the last 12 months and the average for the last since we've been doing it. And that's, that's on our YouTube thing every month. And so we spent, let me look right at $40,000 is what we spend in our thousand trails lifestyle. And we do everything we want to do. There's a lot of things that, you know, we could spend a lot more, but we don't really cut back on anything. And that costs us about 40,000 bucks for the year. year, But, for the year. Okay. Two wow. years ago, we got we got hit with a $10,000 maintenance. We have a big 42-foot Class A motorhome, and it caused we had $10,000 breakdown, kind of. 
And so that bumped up our cost, obviously. But still, for even including that for the last three years, including that, we averaged about $45,000 with that average in. So That's amazing. our lifestyle, forty dollars to $50,000 is what we spend total for everything. Right. And you're right. I've I've watched episodes of your YouTube channel. And, and you, once again, you one of the big th- draws is you on a monthly basis, you were breaking down on video your spreadsheet and kind of given the storyline of that month. But also I saw that breakdown as you basically had to camp in the service center for a while. Right. And you've done so many things, been so many places. You've actually done your own rally even with uh, some of your viewers and friends. So you're absolutely right. You shared it all on your YouTube channel, but you've also, um, you also have proven that you're not holding back. You're not really missing anything. And you're able to encapsulate that in that 40 to $45,000 a year living expense. Exactly. And, and we have another uh, couple that is living the RV lifestyle like we thought we were going to do. And they're staying in the KOAs and all that. And they spend almost right on the button, $75,000 a year. Right. So if you want, and now they have a great big class A too, and they don't skip on anything. They do a lot more uh, recreational stuff than we do. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And then we've got more friends that do a lot of boondocking. And they're doing it on twenty, twenty-five, and thirty thousand dollars, but they are—they uh, skimp a little bit. They don't spend a little, a lot of extra. So we've got friends that are doing it from twenty-five to seventy-five, and we're kind of right in the middle. You know, I don't think there's any wrong way to camp. And I guess when you think about going full time or even long term in your RV, it, like the money part probably seems very overwhelming, but that's a really good point. You just have to figure out how you're going to camp and then make it work because none of those ways are wrong or bad. Right. They're just different ways to camp. So exactly. if you if you had to spend more money, what would you spend it on? What what are you missing? What would you spend it on to do something different or more that you don't do now? That's a good question. Dining um, out more, maybe a little bit more sightseeing. Oh, okay. Or entertainment type situations, but we really don't miss that at all. And you and probably do really, a little of that, right? Yeah, on we have about let's see on recreation and hobby we have about one hundred seventy-five dollars a month is what we average on those things, recreations and hobbies. Wow. Wait, now wait a second. Just be honest here, Bob. How much of that recreation and hobbies money goes to gear for your YouTube channel? <laughs> Good yeah. point. And that we don't include. That's one thing we don't include is we don't include any charity we give away or any expense with YouTube. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. That's good well, to know. Well, the first year it included that. The first year it included YouTube, but then I started taking that out because it kind of got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> we can relate, Bob. We can yeah. relate. Um, but and, it's and fun. Plus, people don't know what I spend on it if exactly. I don't put it in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's a need-to-know basis. <laughs> One thing I'd really like to make sure that we include this in there. We did a video on exit strategy, and it's one thing that I think is so important. People, a lot of people want to do this, uh-huh. and just like us, you want to quit work for us. We wanted to quit work as soon as we thought we could afford it, and then we went and did it. But we made sure we had the money. 
I see people that do this a little bit too soon, in my opinion. It's only my opinion. And they know how to get in. It's going to cost us $40,000 a year. We can get that. We can get an RV. We can do everything. But they don't have a way to get out. And just like us, COVID hit and we had to get a house. When we, and so we needed money, a down payment or, the, you know, the money to buy a house. They don't have an exit strategy to quit. I, I think you need to think about can we afford to get in the RV lifestyle, but can we afford to get out? And then on top of that, we've had a number of friends, a, not a number, a couple of friends, one of the spouses has passed away mm, yeah. and they've got out. You need to think about, okay, like Pearl brings in revenue, she has social security, I have social security. Well, one of us dies, you're going to lose part of that income. I think it's so important to have a budget for how can the surviving spouse, of, and we're talking about retirees, not 40 year olds, obviously. Mm, right. Or how they're going to survive. You need to have plans for the surviving spouse. Where are they going to live in? Uh, how much money will they have for a budget? You just really need to think about that. I think the whole country, United States, forgets about that last five or 10 years of our lives and the cost of that and, and the, how hard that is. I think the wives think about it. I think the husbands think, no, let's do it now. Let's quit work and let's go get this mm-hmm. RV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the wife lives longer and she's stuck when he's already died and kicked the bucket and she's living on $10,000 a year and, yeah, that's pretty tough. So, <laughs> yes. I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm laughing because we see this so many times and it, it's always yeah. tough. And I, we work so hard to get the fear out of getting into this lifestyle. It's I guess we don't think enough about the fear of getting out of it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hmm. We have literally so many people. We email this uh, spreadsheet probably every week. I send that 10 or 15 of these a week to people that are wanting to get into this and then we'll meet them. Maybe I send it to them. Every campground we pull into thousand trails campground, we pull into <laughs> one or two people recognize us and come talk to us. And half of those have got our budget. And they yeah. say that you're the reason we got into this. We put our numbers in there and saw that we could afford this and we can do this RB lifestyle. But I try to remind them once I get to know them about the exit, do you have a way to get out of it? They're already in it. So what I tell them, you know, it's too late for them. But I don't want them to come back and say, you told us we could afford it, but we can't. We're, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it didn't work. A lot of people that are in the RV lifestyle, they have said that their exit strategies, they're going to live in their coach for the rest of their lives. They're not going to buy a house. They're just going to live in their RV until... And park it somewhere. And, yeah. Yes, and park it somewhere, and that's where they're going to live. Huh. I wonder if that will work. I mean, yeah. Well, why not? There's people doing it. We see them in there in the campgrounds that are pretty old, and I guess that's just home now. I guess it, it, you're still a full-time RVer. You're just not rolling down the road. Yeah. I, I just worry that my knees won't work to get in and out. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. Well, you know, they they did it in Florida for generations now. So my bar- grandparents lived in a trailer down there in the winter. So. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. real common. So money, I think I think money is something that a lot of people are worried about when they think about going full time. Uh, But we've we've covered money. What is something else that people need to really worry about or think about plan ahead before they like choose this lifestyle that maybe they wouldn't think of? Well, one, 
it's not money, but it's their medical. You know, like mm-hmm. traveling, the medical plans you may have are for your state. You know, you're in these HMOs and all that stuff. Right. Like for us, we're on uh, Medicare, but we got a uh, Part G so that we're in Florida or Texas or something. It covers the doctors there. So you get, you want to make sure you got a med that you've got access to me- your in- medical insurance far away. That is a good that makes- point. One of the things that we did find when we were out and about across the country, uh-huh. we tuned in to Zoc Doc to find a doctor that we could go see that Ooh. took Medicare, and yeah, it that was an important part of me getting my medications that I'm on. So we're yeah, that Zog have to find doctors in Florida and up in Washington. And we just found another one. Now we've now that we've got a home, we've set up with a doctor in Yuma, but up in Oregon a year or so ago, Pearl's prescription had expired. And the doctor that we had in Florida that we found, he wouldn't uh, refill the prescription until he saw her again. Mm-hmm. And the, Dr. Shad, before that, same thing. Well, on the internet, we found, now I forgot the name of it, but you go on there, it's 50 bucks, and you send him your own prescription. He'll talk to you, fill out a form, and he'll read and know your prescription. Huh. So you got you need these things on getting your medication and stuff and your doctor's appointments. Definitely something and to enough, think about. Everybody wants to have a dog, you know? Yes. I think if we were doing over... We would have, we'd probably have to argue for a day or two, but, but I would say <laughs> you want to really think about having a pet. Yes. Not having a pet. Well, what, why would you want to have a pet? I was say you what try. What are the pros and cons here? They, they travel with their pets, right? Don't you? Yeah, we talk and we love the dog and we wouldn't give her up for nothing, but it restricts us so much from places like in national parks. You can't take dogs on the trails. Right. So. We have to leave her in the motorhome. And so now you're worried about if it's a hot day, if the power goes out in the park, and is it going to get to be 110 degrees in the trailer? Uh, there's just so, and the noise. You want to go go somewhere. You don't always want to take the dog. We go out to eat, and the dog will start barking and yapping. And, you know, they're so attached to the owner. There's just so many issues with having a pet. You need to think about that. It, it really would open up the door for us if we didn't have to worry about our dog so much. Don't let your dog listen to this episode. Thank you. <laughs> so which one of you is the dog lover and which one would probably do without? You could probably guess. <laughs> yeah, I can guess. <laughs> Pearl, love that dog. Okay. Yeah. We started started our RV travels, we had a cat and the dog. Oh, my. Okay, so we're just down with the dog now. <laughs> and she's almost six years old. So she's got quite a little bit of life left in her. Yeah. Well, I don't want to kill her. I'll just <laughs> <laughs> well, We're glad to hear that, Bob. We are really glad to And I think our listeners are glad yeah, to well, hear that, you know, too. You know, another thing to think about is, you know, we've got a big, we started out in a big 42-foot Class A diesel pusher motorhome. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't change that for nothing. But now we've kind of been all over the United States, been everywhere. We're wanting to get more into this boondocking and downsize and have something smaller. And we can't agree what smaller means. Yeah, well, very common. Agree. 
we built up our outside space where we had the clam tin and I've got a little Davy Crockett smoker that is really fun mm-hmm. to cook out and smoke on and it's small enough to fit in the RV and then we've got a little grill so we're building us an outside area to force us because our coach is big it kind of the temperatures per you know we got the air conditioner the heater the TV so it's easy to go in there and stay ah. but we want to be outside but now having this smoker and the clam tent and we you know keeping we got some new chairs making it nicer outside is really makes it more fun to be in these beautiful places to be outside absolutely it's a different kind exactly. of camping exactly yeah. and that's what we're doing it for most people that's what you think of but you see it in the campgrounds people migrating especially the older people like us we migrate inside and spend way too much time you got to make it nice outside so that you'll spend that time outside. And that's how you meet your neighbors and meet the people. And a dog helps you do that, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, Bob, you and Pearl each probably have a different idea of what downsizing means. Which trailer would you pick? And, Pearl, which trailer would you pick if you had to downsize? Or if it's not a trailer, is it more yeah. of a Class B class or a Class a C? Or a, yeah. yeah. What What's downsize mean to each of you? I'll let Pearl go first. One thing I will have two different answers, but <laughs> I would still go with a class A. I would like to stay within thirty-five to forty foot. Well, that's so, slightly smaller. <laughs> <laughs> that that is so the smallest amount of downsizing. <laughs> right. What would you want to do, Bob? I would real we we have some good friends we met down in texas and they had a 45 foot yes. uh i forget integra they downsized to a 25, 25 foot winnebago uh i forgot what it's which called is on a mercedes chassis i was something like that would not have in our home where we don't have to carry everything we own with us uh-huh. i would go with something like that a 25 foot or something 25 or 30 and go anywhere we want to go without worrying get up away from the people into the national forest and parks and yeah but pearl wants to we both enjoy having a washer dryer and having a big kitchen and we just have everything but now with a house i would rather i think i would enjoy doing go for a month or two and then coming home and then going for a month or two somewhere and then coming home sure yeah and 25 would work perfect for me yeah but if you consider the fact that he's got all the underneath carriage storage in the coach full. There's uh-huh. no way. <laughs> well, changes have to happen, no doubt, right? Will the dog still fit in the 25 footer? Will what fit? The dog. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. She's okay. a little girl. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's a little now, if I may, I, I just uh, just a little uh, kudos out to Pearl, um, and, and just saying that anyone can do this, and it, and Pearl kind of proves this. Okay, you jumped right into this lifestyle, and um, I don't know. I think it's becoming more common. Pearl, you do most of the driving of this big rig. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so you, I mean, you really own the road with this big thing and you've, and you're really at ease. I am. I have always enjoyed driving Mm -hmm. and I cannot navigate 
I mean, I know, okay, I want to get here or I want to get there, and I, but I don't navigate the roads properly. I just, it drives me crazy. I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> it's not your forte, <laughs> right? No, it's absolutely not. Put me behind that steering wheel and I'm happy. So we, we talk a lot with different couples, and usually it's the man that drives and the woman that's on the right-hand side. And one thing I think I can, that me and all these women friends of mine that are navigators, <laughs> we all agree that it is way harder to be on the passenger seat, <laughs> going around curves, coming up to stop signs and wondering, does the driver notice stop? Does the driver see those brake lights coming on? Because <laughs> we know it's, we all say something, me and my sisters, the driver gets frustrated. Like, I see those lights. I see the stop <laughs> It's the backseat driver that has the toughest job. <laughs> no doubt about that. When to hold but your pro- tongue. <laughs> yeah. And that's how we decided who was going to drive. Now, Pearl is a better driver than I am. But a year ago, I wouldn't say that. But she's she's got like 50,000 miles of driving this thing around the country. Yeah. But the hardest part is being a good passenger. That is hard. <laughs> I don't know. I think I am a pretty good passenger, uh, except when we're navigating. See, I just tell Richard, he's like, well, how do I get there? I was like, ah, follow the signs. Leave me alone. Take a ride up here on 66. It'll be fine. You'll get there. And if you chill as the navigator, I found it really helpful. Now, you don't always get where you're going in good time. But but you're on vacation. But, you know, I, I'm OK with that. So, yeah. And I don't have to drive. You know, we were in New York a couple of years ago and I was navigating and I I'm pretty good navigator, but I was totally confused. It was on like an eight-lane freeway, and we were just out of our element. And we made a deal that day that where we didn't know where we knew where we was headed, but we didn't know where we were going to end up because we were almost lost. We said wherever we do end up, that's where we want to be. And tonight, when the sun sets, we still love each other. It don't matter. Oh. If I get us lost, oh. that turn, we're happy wherever that is, and we. That comes up every three or four months when something goes south. We just say, it's part of the adventure, wherever we're at, that's where we want to be. I think that's awesome. I think that's a huge part of living in your RV, too, is like, please make sure that the person you're doing this with, you you like (laughs) like really like and you guys can work through frustrating situations like being lost or backing up um yeah backing up and and navigating yeah stay Mm -hmm. happy because at the end of the day if you're gonna live in your rv you need to have that like sort of relaxed go with the flow attitude or else you're probably gonna not have a great time Well, Bob, you mentioned at the beginning that you uh, used to watch all the RVs come through and it seemed like such a romantic notion. So has that played out to be the romantic notion that you had anticipated? For me, yeah. This uh, retirement RV lifestyle and being with somebody you want to be with it really doesn't matter to us where we go. And literally, when we leave in the mornings, Pearl, at least half the time, has no clue which direction we're even going. She just pulls out of the camera. 
my turn. She knows Just that point. no one's here. <laughs> this is so inspiring. I love this. <laughs> Well, we need somebody to watch the road and somebody else to figure out what the hell is going on, right? For people that are thinking about doing this, however you want to do it, all we know about is how we do it. But however you can do it, retirement in this full-time RV lifestyle is is such a blessing. It's just wonderful. Traveling around the country, it's way better than I think either one of us dreamed it would be. I think so. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Very nice. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, any final thoughts before we go that you would like to pass on to somebody who is sitting in their car driving to work thinking, can I do this? Oh, my goodness. I think you need to think and plan. But if you can, this is a wonderful lifestyle. And if any of your listeners want a copy of this budget, spreadsheet. Uh, for our actual expenses, we send one out. It's got one year's worth of expenses on one tab, and on the next one is a blank room where you can just enter your numbers. We send that out every week. If they want one, we'll send one. And our email is Bob R. So it's B O B O R Pearl P E A R L. So Bob R Pearl at Gmail dot com. And put just put expense spreadsheet, and we'll send you a copy of it. Well, you realize. You realize you just put your personal email address out there in the wild, okay? <laughs> so we're, n- we're not making any, uh, any uh, yeah, we don't know what's coming your way, but <laughs> thank you for doing that. I can tell you're going to be a huge resource for people out there. And your YouTube channel is called Next Exit, correct? Correct. So you guys can get on YouTube and check out Next Exit where Bob and Pearl discuss um, their expenses and other things about living on the road. Yeah, they try things out. They do product reviews. They, they, they've they interviewed other travelers that they've made friends with. I've, I've actually watched quite a few episodes. Uh, slight caveat and aside, it's because not only are you friends, but you're actually my family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the truth revealed. So, so, I, uh, so I, I've kept tabs. And, and let me tell you, if you go over to the Next Exit YouTube channel, Bob and Pearl will become your family too. Um, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And how wonderful that you say, I don't know that everybody does it the same way, but this is how we do it. I think that is the right. best way to put info out there because there is no right or wrong. There's just more information. And thank you for putting that out there. You bet you. Welcome. And thank you for this podcast. It was fun. Absolutely. Well, one more question for me. When are, when are y'all passing through Texas again? I, I kind of had enjoyed sitting down with y'all for Italian food. Oh, no. I want to hear about that smoker. I want Italian food. I'll just come to Texas and we'll, and we'll do another <laughs> podcast with you. But no barbecue? <laughs> come on. Yeah. Well, at Pearl, next time you get behind the wheel, you don't know when to, which direction you're going. You can always come to Texas. Mm-hmm. Just just head south. You'll find us. I think next year would probably be a good year for us to travel to Texas. Woohoo. All righty. Well, we'll see you then. Sounds like a perfect time for another podcast, right? Perfect. Very good. There you go. 
All right. Bob and Pearl, thank you so much. We miss you down here. All of your family says hi, by the way. It was it was kind of a, a big deal <laughs> that, that I uh, got a hold of you. Hi. But um, thank you so much for taking the time, getting to a place with some cell phone coverage and letting us call you and pick your brain a little. Thanks for thinking Thanks of for us. And we it. appreciate it. Y'all have fun out there on the road. Thank you for taking the time and sitting in your car and chatting with us. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for thinking of us. Uh We enjoyed it. So how did I do choosing someone to talk to? Were Bob and Pearl just the greatest? Were they? Was that fun or what? That was fun. It, it was interesting, yes, which is a good word, by the way. Yeah, it was very interesting. And they were funny and fun and... Yeah, I really hope that we can get them to actually pass through Texas. And they said something like next year. It'd be really cool to do this same sort of thing, but in person. In person. Of yes. course, it's always better in person. I think talking to full-timers is just really fun hearing their stories. I think it's interesting. And a lot of people want to know, you know, how do you do it? Very good. Very good. Um, who was our sponsor? Intech. Oh, yes. And why were they our sponsor? Because we love them. Intech offers a wide range of trailers for any need, but one thing in common between all of their trailer lines, high quality. They have a fully welded aluminum cage frame. Isn't that cool? Very sturdy, gives them just a level of quality that's hard to find in the RV industry. Yeah, so check them out at intechrv.com. They have the neatest things and it's always updated. Their website, good stuff. intechrv.com and also if you have questions or comments, we really are fishing for those. So send us a question or comment to our email address that is questions at rvsmalltalk.com or you can leave us a voicemail and the number for that is 512-843-1311. That is 512-843-1311 to leave us a voicemail. Ooh, and if you want to do one more thing for us, we would absolutely love it if you go on Apple Podcast and rate and review us. It is huge for having us get out there to reach a larger audience. So if you like the podcast, a five-star review and a comment would be so appreciated. Well, that pretty much does it. Are you done or both of you? We, we done? I'm done. We done because I got coffee and chocolate. <laughs> we, we do have chocolate on this table right now. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up and go eat it. Um, See you next week.